What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. I am your host, as always, Shane Told. So good to have you. As I talk to other lead singers about what it's like to be the front man or front woman of a band. And this is a very highly requested guest. So excited to finally have him on the show. One of the nicest guys, a total sweetheart, a gem, a gem of a man. Mr. Fred Mascherino, you may know him from The Color Fred. You probably know him from his time in Taking Back Sunday, a big part of the Where You Want to Be and Louder Now records. And uh, yeah, some amazing songs came out of that era, didn't it? Uh, we talk about it in this podcast, how literally right now, Taking Back Sunday is on tour playing those albums from start to finish. So pretty cool legacy that Fred left behind. And this is a great episode. I am so stoked and I know you are too. So get ready for this one. Put on your seatbelt. Fasten your seatbelt. That's, that's the word that we use for that term. Before we get into that, a little reminder. You can always get in touch. You can always email me, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. Don't be shy. You can say anything you want to say. I have very thick skin, although you guys are always so nice to me. But yes, I try to get back to everyone. Um, this has been a tough week uh, for that kind of stuff. Silverstein is in the studio recording a brand new record, and we're getting there. We have a lot of stuff done. It's going awesome. We're ahead of schedule, which is very, very rare for us. And I think uh, you're all going to be tickled pink if you're a fan of Silverstein with, with these songs that we're about to, well, currently churning out. And in other Silverstein news, this is big. We have finally announced our 20th anniversary tour in the U.S. and Canada. We're playing all over the place. It starts in March it goes, actually, it starts in February, I think. It goes all over the place. Europe is already on sale for a while, but the U.S. is on sale now. There's VIP packages, and they're going fast. Like, the first weekend, they just went on sale last week. The first weekend was, like, absolutely wild, uh, the ticket sales. So don't sleep on the tickets. A lot of these shows will definitely sell out and will sell out soon. So for all the info, head over to silverstein 20 Dot com. That's Silverstein20.com, and that'll have everything you want to know about the tour. We're bringing out Four Years Strong, Friends of the Show. We're bringing out I the Mighty, also Friends of the Show. So it's going to be a beautiful thing. Do not miss it under any circumstances. I know you heard the ad at the beginning of the episode for a very cool book called From the Basement. This is really the first of its kind that includes, you know, the scene that I'm a part of. There's been other books in the past, but finally someone wrote an awesome book about the history of emo. Make sure you check it out. Fred's in it. I'm in it. Tons of people are in it getting quoted, talking all about what it was like. And it really is 
kind of like an extension of what this podcast is and what we talk about, you know, the history of the scene. So definitely check it out. It just came out like today. So go over on Amazon, check it out. It's called From the Basement by Taylor Markarian. She did an absolutely tremendous job of putting this whole thing together. And it's really cool timing with Silverstein celebrating 20 years, Taking Back Sunday, being on the road right now, also celebrating 20 years. That's wild. This book totally, totally makes sense. And if you're a fan of any of these bands that we talk about on this program, you're going to love the book. So head over there and check it out as well. One more thing while I have you, if you want to help out the show, make sure you check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club for as little as $6 a month, that gets you into all sorts of awesome bonus content, bonus episodes. I'm doing a big question and answer session actually tomorrow night. That's going to be a lot of fun. And it really is a great community of other people that are into the same stuff that you are. Great music, shows, the scene, pop culture. We talk about it all in a really, really great Facebook group. We're almost at 400 members in this thing. Shout out to all my sinners worldwide, all over the world. People come from everywhere and are a part of this amazing club. So make sure you check it out. It is what keeps this show going week after week for free. This is really it. So the link again, leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. Also, if you like the show, if you like the episode, feel free to write a review on iTunes preferably five stars, say some nice words if you want to. But the biggest thing is tell a friend, tell a loved one. If you know any fans of Taking Back Sunday, maybe they want to hear this episode. So tell them about it and go back and listen to the other 195 or whatever it is episodes of the podcast. And uh, yeah, check out all our sponsors too. They need, they need our help. I want them to keep advertising on this thing. So uh, yeah, do that as well. Anyway, let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Fred Mascherino, formerly of Taking Back Sunday, and now The Color Fred. Thanks for calling. I'm doing great. Great to hear your voice. I was trying to think of when the last time I talked to you was, and like I think it's been like 10 years. Yeah, it's been a while for <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing, and I know, uh, I don't know whether it was early on in Color Fred, but it's been close to 10 years, I think. <laughs> you know what? I think that's what it was. I think because, uh, you know, when you were in Taking Back Sunday and we never toured Silverstein take back Sunday. We never actually toured together, which seems no. kind of strange, but we did a lot of, you know, festivals and one-offs and stuff. So I totally. knew you from those, but then I think it was like, I want to say it was overseas and you were doing the color Fred, like a festival. And I ran into you and I yep. remember, I remember I told you that how much I liked that record. Oh yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah. I, I, I remember that. And cause we were over there with four years strong, right. who I know your buddies with, and yeah. uh, some of my some of my favorite dudes ever. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, yeah, that was it. Might have been like uh, um, 
it was like this weird indoor festival that Glassjaw played. Possibly, I don't. I don't know yeah. if that was the one. But. That's that's absolutely what it was. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it totally had a. Well. I don't know what name it was. Maybe the people over there remember, but. You know what? Um, I just had this really funny memory, and I'm sure you remember this. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll kick it off with story time. I like this. Uh, uh, we, we were good. doing uh, we were doing the Give It a Name Festival. It was 2006, yeah. and uh, yeah. and so it was two days. There was like the first day was like in the north, like in Manchester or London or something, and yeah. the second day was in London. So the the first day, you guys are playing. I'm in the crowd watching, and. Something happened with like Mark's kick pedal, like his kick pedal okay. broke, and yeah, yeah. and like you know it kind of derailed the set. You know, it was it wasn't yes. like it wasn't like a show ruiner, but it like wasn't great. You know, and it was a lot of people I, were there, and you know, yeah, so, it kills the momentum big totally. time. <laughs> so you guys are backstage, and somebody, I I think it was Adam, was like was like mad and was like, we don't stop. No matter what happens, we never <laughs> stop. <laughs> so, so the next day, you know, everything, you know, guys, everyone's over it. Everyone's cool again. It's fine. So you guys are playing and like maybe the third song, Adam absolutely smokes Matt in the head yep. with the microphone, like swinging the microphone. Yeah, and poor Matt. Oh, and it was like it was like bad, like the clunk. Like I was I was in the front of the house for that too, I think. And the clunk, yep, yeah. you just everyone. He will he goes down, and all I remember is is you just get up on the mic, and you're just like, "How you feeling, London?" <laughs> <laughs> and it was clear that the night it was still resonating from the night. It was like, no, no, no. You guys absolutely should have stopped that time. Yeah, no, we we don't stop. No, that was yeah. That's uh, that was always there was always a battle going on, and and uh, that was a tough one. Matt, Matt had to get stitches and everything. Oh, yeah. and it was uh, you know because Adam got one of his like thirty foot long mic swings going, where it was just taking like a good ten seconds to go all the way around one revolution. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, no. And it was that, one of the ones where he does instead of the swing in it like around, he swings it yep. like the like the lasso over the head. So yes. that, so the mic's right at head level. That's the dangerous one. Yep, and and um, it just so happened Matt got an out of tune bass at that, so he was looking down at his hands trying to um, figure out which how he could change the frets to, oh, no. to be in tune. What a nightmare. Otherwise, he'd have seen it coming. We all knew to look out for that, but he was looking down. So, <laughs> no, but he came back too. I remember he came back with like a big like bandage on his head, yeah, like, he like, like two songs later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, the, it's it's funny, man. Oh, uh, so long ago. It's crazy to think that that's like thirteen years ago. I can remember it like it was like last year. I know. I I um. I, I left the band 12 years ago and I cannot believe it's been that long. It hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Why it hurts? Why does it hurt? Do the men, well, just, just your, just, your old? I'm like, just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> how, how does 12 years go by and, you know, in a blink of an eye? So <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, you've, it's, it's like, I want to say you've been busy with stuff cause you've, there's been some projects on the go, but at the same yeah. time you've had a lot oh, of, yeah. you've had a lot of downtime, downtime too. Yeah, I um, yeah, I, I've kept myself busy, but um, I also, um, yeah, exactly. I've I've been home a little bit more. Um, 
I was producing bands for a couple years. I a, after Color Fred, I did terrible things with yeah. uh, Andy Jackson, and Josh project. Shepard. Yeah, thanks, man. Thank you. And uh, and then I uh, and then I did some touring. I I went out with Say Anything for a few right. months. Yep. And uh, I went out with my like childhood favorite band, the Lemonheads. Um, which were like a nineties, like just oh, yeah. great. I know the lemon very song. well. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I played bass with them for a, a couple months, um, which was really like my, you know, living my childhood dream out of playing <laughs> some of my favorite songs. And then, um, and then I came home and produced a lot of local bands and different, uh, different bands would come into town to write with me. And uh, do that kind of a lot of studio stuff, um, and then I finally started playing again uh, this past year with uh, with the color Fred again. Yeah, and the um, new song uh, is out right now. Don't give up on me. It's on Spotify. I just listened to it. Um, oh, thanks! It's, it's fantastic track. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's it's. <clears throat> yeah, I still got it. You know. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um. No, I was really happy with how that that one came out. We're, I'm, uh, you know, having my own place to record. It allows me to kind of finally, you know, I still have it in me. I just, I just got to get it out. So right. I'm able to do that now, and and um, have a whole bunch more songs done that are hopefully going to come out um really soon like by very early 2020 cool. is the goal that's fantastic so, one of the things that uh is on your website that i loved so much is uh the in the shed with fred series yeah, uh, that's right no it's it, but it's well produced i was like damn this is some like real like these are some good shots you know um Thanks, and for the people that don't know basically it's you in your home studio i think it's your home studio it's a very very yep, nice setup whatever right. it is yeah, that's my house. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's, like my my uh, thing. I built a big room uh, by myself out um, in my garage, and it's like a big soundproof room where I am right now. Actually, that's yeah, it's awesome. Um, no, it, it looks yeah. looks really cool. And you know what I loved about it is just, I mean, obviously your honesty, um, answering you know fan questions, and you know being so. Yeah you know, forthright and forthcoming with your answers. And my favorite, favorite thing that you did uh, was bringing out the old hard disk, uh, oh, like, shit. recorder. Like, because we all, we, we all used to have these things, right? Like yeah, before, totally. Before you could just record in a computer super easily, you had to buy, it was kind of like a mini mixer that had a, a yep. box, like a hard drive recorded and you recorded right into it. The one that I had actually had like, a, like guitar effects and drums and everything right in it. Yep. But, this uh, one had effects. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And, but it was cool. You just literally dusted it off and started hitting play on like old <laughs> demos. I thought I was like, Oh my God, that is the coolest thing. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I didn't know if it was going to turn on for sure. You know, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> totally. It was, it was, um, yeah. No, and luckily for coming back to the color Fred again th- with, you know, that I'm doing it again. Those were all the tracks that started the color Fred, um, because they were, they were sort of, a lot of it was pre TBS, but then 
um when i was in the band we kind of got like a whole pro tools rig going right so i um so i just kept you know working at home on my little on that thing still <laughs> so it was uh a lot a lot of those were unreleased songs so the plan is at some point uh when i get time to to mix some of those down maybe make them sound a little bit better and 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 put them out as like the uh 2001 color fred uh demo type of stuff i think that'd be great so- <laughs> I, I think a lot of people would love to hear that no it's funny like what you had to go through before to make a to make a demo you know like yeah. I, i'm sure I- i'm sure you do I mean, a lot of people do demos these days, like the same, the same way where they'll put down like a MIDI drum track, you know, they program drums in their, like in Logic or Pro Tools or, or even GarageBand, whatever they use, um, you know, and that's, you know, it's kind of all on your computer you can just do it with headphones. But I remember back in those days, I had this, like, I think it was a, it was either Roland or Boss. They made like a drum machine that you had to, I had to program like each drum loop. So like I yeah. I program like eight like eight bars of just like a drum you know drum beat, and yep. then every time I wanted to put in a fill, I had to like tell the thing to go to a different number to put in a fill for this many bars. Yeah. Then I had to program that. Then I had to dump that into my recorder that only recorded eight tracks. So that was two because <laughs> it was stereo. So that's right. two that of the took eight. Up, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and like it's funny going back and thinking. You know, now it's like you do track after track and like, you don't yeah, even know, you're don't know how many you're tracks. using. Yeah. No, it's a whole new world, man. It's, it's, <laughs> it's way better now. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is way better. But I miss, I, there's something about those days that I miss and maybe it was just the excitement, Same here. the excitement that oh. you have being younger and, you know, making music is different, you know, when it's not professional. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, it, it, it is, um. I mean, that was, there's tons of records that I'm sure we both love that like, it's hard to convey it to younger people who aren't used to the quality being a little lower. Yeah. And you're like, dude, this is the best song ever. And they're like, this sounds weird. And, yep. and uh, you know, it's, it's a little, uh, you know, cause I remember uh, like, I used to like this, the Descendants. Um, they changed their name to All, yeah. old old punk band, and, and, and as you know, and and yeah. they they put a receipt for their recording inside their record, right? And it was six six hundred dollars for the whole thing because <laughs> that's all they had, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and I, uh, you know, like so, the punk world was just so different that no one had the money to to make great recordings and um you know there's no label backing our style at that you know in the old days and then you know and now now we're kind of but now luckily now we're i'm kind of back to doing it myself but it's like thank goodness it doesn't sound like that anymore (laughs) (laughs) well it's hard to record yourself i i i have i really don't feel like i do well when i'm in my studio by myself recording like i feel like i need another person to tell me yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll know like kind of what a good take is, but sometimes I think I'll miss like the magic. Yeah, no, other people definitely push you, which is which I I I need as well. Um, I I really beat myself up about it in the studio, <laughs> um, but I and I have a band now for the color Fred, so like <clears throat> we just recorded 
you know, I recorded my latest song and like I did a mix of it and I was really happy with it. And my band was like, ah, they're like, it's, it's amazing, but I think we should get it mixed by somebody else. And I was like, so sad because I was like, like I worked so hard on my mix, you know, but you know, it, but, but you know what? So we let someone else mix it, it came out better. And it's like, you're right. Like having more people involved. Yeah. Sometimes you just, it. it's just the tunnel vision that you get, you know, totally. and, and especially yeah. when you're the songwriter, not just the recorder, but the songwriter too. It's like you, you just have this idea of something, um, from the beginning. Whereas like yeah, a song in your head, totally. And a song, a song takes a journey. It needs to take a journey to get where it goes. Right. Yeah. And, and sometimes oh, yeah. if you don't let it, let the song take that journey, then it doesn't end up, you know, as far along as it, uh, as it could be. I mean, I think that was the hard, that was hard for me when I started working with like actual producers, like them, like changing your song a little bit going like, how about you sing it like this? And, right. and you're kind of like, well, that's not how I wrote it. And you kind of <laughs> have to get over that quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause you realize that every time you, you know, you let someone in your band make a comment or, or the producer suggests something, you know, at least try it. And then the song song always comes out better. You, you could try what they say and decide that it's not good, but you know, just having that outside view is, is real helpful. Well, I can't even tell you the amount of songs that I've worked on, you know, whether it's been myself yeah. or with a band that like a song starts a certain way and you write it and then, this person has a suggestion, so you try it, and then it changes a little bit, yep. and then this person has a suggestion, and change, and then you get you yep. change the song so much, and then somebody's just like, "What if it was like this?" And then you're like, "Actually, that's we're, that's the original way," and the song does a complete 360, and it's yep. almost exactly the same way as you wrote it, I, and then you're just sure that that was right. You know, you were right d- at the start. Yeah, like there's no like that's. You're right. Getting back, then you're sure. You're just like you said, mm-hmm. totally. Because at le- but at least you went through that process of like yep. being open to to changing it, and then going, okay, cool, yeah, the way I wrote it was the best. You did your due diligence. That's right. <laughs> exactly. So, um, let's talk about some stuff, man. So, 2003, you joined Taking Back Sunday. You're like yep. 29 years old. Uh, yeah. Not a spring chicken. Uh, and you know, for, for, for like fucking emo, you know, um, and a lot of people kind of don't realize that, that you had a whole career, uh, with other bands and you had a, you got a degree and you, you know, your whole life before you entered taking back Sunday, which is, you know, what most people, uh, you know, know you from. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, you're right. I mean, I'll put up a picture of my college band um, or like I've put up videos of it from YouTube and no one even realizes that it's me in the video because I had like really long hair and I just looked so young (laughs) Um, because, because, you know, 29 year old me, you know, looked a lot different. So yeah, I, 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 um, I came up, uh, you know, playing the same, pretty much the same style of music, that I wound up playing with Taking Back Sunday for the most part. I had a band called Brody in uh, college, and we would play with Eddie Reyes' band, uh, Eddie being the guitarist, TBS, yep. and and, uh, and he had a band called Clockwise that 
that was out of Long Island and we were from Philly. So we would go up there and play these shows and like, there'd be like 300 kids at these. It was, they were, they're pretty awesome. Like fire hall shows. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, so we stayed friends. He then told me that band was ending and he was starting the movie life. Right. And I, and I, uh, by the time I got them a show, he wasn't in the band anymore. He told me I'd started a new band taking back Sunday. And, um, and Eddie, Eddie and I are roughly the same age. Yep. Um, and, but, uh, he had started a band taking back Sunday with a bunch of like, they were all like 20 year olds. Um, so <laughs> totally. at the time, like they're about eight years younger than me. So, yep. so we, uh, so by then I had started, uh, Brody sort of turned into breaking Pangea, um, which is a band I did with, with, uh, Will Noon from, yeah. <clears throat> from Stray Light Run and Fun. And, uh, do you know Will at all? I've never met him. No, I, I know, okay. obviously know of all like, who he is and everything, but I, I don't think I've ever met him. Cool. Now he's, he's, he's a good guy. Um, and, uh, great, great drummer. And, uh, so I did break in Pangea with him and, and we were touring all the time. We were, um, going out to the West coast, going down to Florida, you know, just doing the usual things. We toured with further seems forever. Yep. Um, um, lot, lot, a lot of, was that uh, when Chris Crabba was in the band? It was just after he quit. It was okay. actually an acoustic tour. Okay. With uh, when it was the first one with Jason Gleason, right? Um, mm. We had toured with. Uh, uh, we had played a bunch with Taking Back Sunday, brand new, um, and we were kind of like watching that whole thing. We played with Dashboard actually, and and Newfound Glory, so we we kind of got to know all those guys, and um, you know, I I thought that I you know I was going to just keep doing that band and kind of like see where that went. And then the tour that was sort of TBS's first big tour, they, uh, they got home from it and John quit the band, John and Sean went with him. And, uh, I had heard about that and they had, they were on fire at that point. Like (laughs) we remember, yeah, they were just hitting like a hundred thousand sales, which was unheard of in our scene. You know, it's just like, what the hell is going on? And I, I remember we were recording our first record when that happened because we were, you know, also on Victory, and I remember right, hearing I that number and being like, what? Yeah. And we were, and we were, we were making jokes in the studio recording our record, being like, we said to the producer, if we ever, if we saw a hundred thousand, like we were using some crazy, like it was a VHT <laughs> amp or something. And you yeah. know, at, at the time it was the, like the best amp, you know, so expensive or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good amp. And we yeah. said, yeah. And we said, Oh, if we sell a hundred thousand records, we'll, we'll buy you, we'll buy you this amp. Like thinking we'll, <laughs> we'll never sell it. Right. Cause, t- cause yeah, we couldn't yeah, believe yeah, Take yeah. Back Sunday did. And then we did. Then we sold. Yeah, then we sold yeah. a million. <laughs> and we crazy. never bought him the amp. <laughs> no, that's the problem. <laughs> well, we it's thought like, we thought if we sold a hundred thousand records, we'd be rich. That's not how it works. I know, not on victory. <laughs> <laughs> so, because you still owed money. The the you could somehow go gold and still owe money on on records and not get paid anything. Oh man! But but I. <laughs> but yeah, so that. So they, um, it's sad, but they, um, uh, they, they had just hit that and, and, um, I had 
I had actually talked to Chris about playing guitar in dashboard at one point, which is kind of nuts. Yeah. But, um, but I, uh, I was so like into what I was doing that I, that I, and I didn't see like the whole scene coming and getting so big. So I just stuck with my own band that was breaking Pangea. But when John quit, it was sort of like the second time I had an opportunity and I, I hit Eddie up and, um, I hit him up one night at like 7 p.m. And it was about – I'll tell you why I hit him up because about a week before I found out I was having my second kid. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. So so I um, so I call Eddie and by the end of the night, I had talked to Adam Mark on the phone and uh, was basically in the band. Um, they had some people um, trying out and they were like – Eddie was like, I'll call those guys now and tell them that we already picked you. And I was like, I was like, no, nah, man. I was like, try them out. I was like, I want to, I want to, I want to learn my competition spot. Yeah. here. Like, yeah. I want to earn it, you know? Yeah. Um, so but I went up and, uh, a week later and, and played with them. Actually that night I went to, this is what time period it was. That night I went to Walmart, a 24 hour Walmart. <laughs> bought their record um, <laughs> I, I didn't actually own it i had heard it but and um and stayed up all night learning all the songs because uh, i didn't i didn't know if they were going to want me to come up that day i was just like I right gotta, i gotta get this down so um but yeah i was um when when where you want to be came out that was my 30th birthday so that was um that's how that you know i was Definitely, and these guys, like I said, they were eight years younger. So that was that was uh, interesting because I was like already married with a yeah. kid, and they, you know, they were just kind of, uh, you know, out there having a blast, enjoying it. And I always tell people, I think I did things in the wrong order because, um, <laughs> because you know, obviously they kept me grounded, but. Um, you know, probably the only reason I survived, but, uh, but I, um, I had, you know, you're, I, I spent a lot of time in the back of the bus, just writing, writing songs. Definitely. When, and, and I have it like right here in my notes. I definitely have like a question, like was the age gap and maybe a certain amount of difference in maturity, you know, part of what led to the parting of ways. And it sounds like, uh, like absolutely there's, there's, yeah. there's truth to that. Yeah. Because, the thing is, like, the way that I feel about those guys now is that, I mean, I, I definitely, like, I related to most because we were the same age and he yeah, got Eddie. married shortly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I, I related the phone to cut out for a second. Most. I didn't hear what you said. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and, and he, you know, he had a, you know, he was getting married around the time of, uh, you know, when I was early on in the band and, uh, we had kind of played all those shows together in the past. Right, so, right. um, but, um, you know, like a lot of those issues that, that I might've had with them wouldn't be an issue now because they're all grown up now too. And, right. and uh, oh, yeah. you know, so it's, it's tough. Cause, uh, you know, and, and another thing is I don't care about as much of that stuff. Like, I just, I'm so much more mellow now. Like when you're on the cusp of like 
what your life is going to become. You worry about every little thing. And now I'm just kind of, I'm where I'm at. And it's like, I, I just, I, I, it's like, I've never, I, as much as people may think, I never regretted leaving the band because I thought about it for so long that I knew I was sure that it was the right thing. Um, well, it's kind of like when you write a song and it takes a journey and then it comes back to the same place and you know yep. that it's the right decision, right? I mean, to use, to, yeah. to use our past conversation, it, it's, it's true, yeah. I guess, right? Over time, if you consider it and you keep considering, you keep considering, then you know, in your heart, uh, you know, you know what you have yeah. to do. Yeah, exactly. It was not a quick, dis- like, it wasn't a quick decision or a heated thing for me. It was like, I was unhappy one day and I said, I'm still unhappy a year from now, then I have to move on because I'm freaking miserable. (laughs) And a year later, I still felt that way. We were still arguing about the same old things. And I was just like, yeah, this is, this is fine with me. If you know, because people, the biggest thing I heard was people would say, well, isn't that terrible financial decision for you to leave? And I'm like, it wasn't a financial decision at all. Right. It was just a personal, like I need to like, I can't do it anymore. You know, that's all it was. No, absolutely. I mean, you, you it's summer, it's hot outside. I know a lot of us are enjoying the weather out in the backyard or on a patio. And personally, I love to grab a refreshing Miller high life. Miller High Life is unpretentious, high quality, and is there to celebrate the wins of every day, big or small, whether it's a promotion at work, finishing off some tasks around the house, or even just finding all your socks in the dryer. It's within everyone's reach and was founded on that principle back in 1903 that everyone should enjoy the good life. It's still brewed the same way with refreshing champagne-like tiny bubbles either in an iconic glass bottle or for this summer in limited edition champagne cans. It brings pride to those simple summer moments that don't have to be big to call for celebration. Miller High Life, the champagne of beers, a quality beer within everyone's reach. Celebrate responsibly, Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I just got sent awesome new wireless earbuds from Raycon. I opened the box, opened up my phone, and literally in less than a minute, I was jamming out to my favorite tunes. What struck me right away was how well these fit and then how amazing they sound. Definitely more bass than my other wireless headphones. But the biggest game changer is the price. The E25 earbuds they sent me start at half the price of other premium wireless earbuds on the market, have six hours of playtime, and really are super comfortable, whether it's music, conference calls, or binging this podcast. And there's no dangling wires or stems to distract other people if you're on a video call. The company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Mike Tyson, and Melissa Etheridge are just a few people obsessed with Raycons. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not the other distractions from the room. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds, but before you drop hundreds of dollars on a pair, check out wireless earbuds from Raycon. 
Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash LSS. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash LSS for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash LSS. You did make two uh, pretty magical records with the band. Um, two records yeah, that thank are you. that have become classics, and I'm not just saying that because literally right now uh, the band is touring and playing them from start to finish. <laughs> so people, know. you know, all these years later, they still not only do they just want to hear, you know, songs like "Make Damn Sure" and "Decade Under the Influence" and like some of those songs that you were a big part of, they want to hear the entire fucking album, you know. <laughs> so that you know, so that really speaks to. Just how um, how special, I guess, it was. Yeah, yo, it, I mean, that was that was what we were trying to do. We were trying to make something that we thought was timeless, and yeah. in that way, it's 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 you know, in a lot of ways, it stood the test of time. So, I'm I'm especially happy about that. Honestly, um, I, uh, I I was always I always was very clear when I left that I was. You know, I was very proud of what we did. I didn't, I didn't leave because of the art or anything. Like I, I was, I was somewhat concerned that we could make a third one as good as those, um, because uh, because you're concerned that you couldn't. Yeah, we were yeah. kind of dysfunctional at a point, and I'm like, man, if we write another record, I, it's, it, it, there's a chance it's not going to be good, and. I don't want to be on the record that flops. <laughs> so, so, um, and I tried really hard for a while to, to make, make it, you know, make it into a situation that we could write, keep writing together. Um, but all kinds of things were happening. The last tour that I did, our drummer couldn't make it cause his back was all messed up and had an operation on a, I think it was a bulging disc and mm, yeah, you know, and and then it was like, you know, so we had uh, we had other guys on the tour, and it it just kept going downhill in my mind, and you know, I, I'm kind of like I'm on this new path where I try to think positively all the time because I see that the ne- the negative just builds up on itself, and 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 you head in that direction if you focus on that, so. Um, uh, so I, I, I can attest to the, the negativity doesn't, you know, venting and that sort of thing doesn't really help you be any happier. You have to no. kind of have to change your life for the better and think, think more positively. No, and, no, totally. And I'm sure you've come a long way, way with that. And that's, you know, that's a great thing because I remember when you left, I mean, you weren't, it wasn't like you were saying scathing things about the band, but you did. <laughs> You know, you didn't shut up. You didn't just say, "Oh, we had we had a couple differences, and I'm moving on, and this is my new project, Color Fred." You did talk about it, and you did, yeah. you know, you did make it somewhat clear that some of the songs were written, you know, while you were in Taking Back Sunday about Taking Back Sunday. <laughs> uh, Possibly, yeah. You know, you did do yeah, things well, like that. The, and, definitely the uh, the Color Fred album for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you have a good memory, Shane. <laughs> oh, I, do, I would do my homework. You know, but the other thing too is, is right. I, if I recall right after, you know, when you were, when the color Fred, when you put out the, the full length record, you went on tour yeah. with Stray Light Run. 
Right. Which is also yeah. a little bit like kind of joining the enemy, you know what I mean? I know. Um, it, it, it makes it, it made it seem a little more personal, you know? Yeah. And, and that was, uh, that, that was not, um, that was not exactly how I wanted to roll on right. that tour. Um, but we had a, we were asked to be on an angels and airwaves tour and it got pushed back like four months and we needed to find something to do. So we, we did that. And, um, that, um, uh, yeah, I had mixed feelings about that, to be honest. Although I'll tell you that, um, I've been talking to Eddie a lot lately. Um, I talked to, I talked to Eddie and I still talk to Matt Rubano and, um, and, uh, I'm probably going to do some shows with Ed's new band, uh, Faith's Got a Driver. Yeah. And, um, but that won't be that at all. Like I'm more like, I'm, I'm so like over the, the, you know, the anger that was there before. Right. Um, uh, just kind of like with Eddie, like I went out to see him play and, you know, I didn't realize how he felt when I left the band and we just, we really bonded and, uh, and we've just, we talked, we've been talking a lot and, you know, we're more going out just to have a great time together. And sure. I kind of more like the way I look at it is like taking back Sunday is out playing the music that I was a part of. And I just kind of embrace the nostalgia of it all at this point. Like, I go and I do the emo nights because, yeah, yeah. you know, cause, cause you know what, the, everyone there is the people that liked our music and I want to, you know, I want to hang out with those people again and have a great time. You know, like I, I'm lucky to Absolutely. have been a part of that whole thing and, you know, we all are. So, so I kind of, um, embrace it at this point. Absolutely. Were you surprised when John and Sean came back? Uh, I was actually at first. Yeah, that was, uh, that was not expected. I don't um, think anyone saw it coming to be honest, but y- you know, from your perspective, I'd love to get your take. Well, so Matt called me like five minutes after he got, um, released from the band. Um, and he was, he was, he was a bit upset because, you know, I left the band, Matt and I were also close and at the time that I left, you know, he was as unhappy as I was, but he was like, no, I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to stick it out. So he felt like he had been loyal to the band and then kind of got kicked out on a, he, he says on a technicality <laughs> <laughs> because he's like, why can't we just bring John back? You know, like what, why Sean, you know, why Sean? And they're like, well, it technically wouldn't be the original right line up with you and he's like yeah but i've been in the band for you know five six years like like you know and so he was he was he didn't he went without wanting to leave which which sucked obviously but um but he called me and let me know what they were doing and you know everybody always calls me as soon as they leave the band because I haven't talked to them in years and <laughs> we miss each other. And, right. Right. You know? Yeah. So, so I get those calls. So, so I kind of knew beforehand, but, um, that said, uh, I was, I was just a little, I was shocked that, 
that they would that everyone was going in that direction. Um, yeah, and, and uh, honestly, like I kind of thought it was going to go back to sounding more like their first album. Oh yeah, it really did. But then I no, but then I realized that John and Sean kind of had played in like a piano band for <laughs> five years, and yeah. so it, it kind of like. I don't know. I don't think they wanted to be that anymore. So, so then that, that kind of made those albums different from anything TBS had done, um, for better or for worse. So, um, I like some of the stuff they've done together. I, 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 um, I, I, uh, I actually, uh, talked to Adam about a year ago. And, um, it had been the first time in like 12 years. Wow. And, uh, we, you know, I was mostly just trying to, I, I don't like having enemies out there. I'm, I'm like, dude, I'm too old. Like, like, <laughs> I don't, I want to die in friends with everybody, you know? <laughs> so, um, uh-huh. I'm not that old, but you know, that said, like, uh, I don't want any petty stuff to get under my you know, into my life. So I, I, we talked a bunch and I just wanted us to be friends again. And that, and that was all I was looking for. And, and, um, uh, so then after that, I went and listened to all those albums and, um, I thought happiness is, was probably the, the best album they did. Yeah. I think I it's a very there. strong record. Yeah, absolutely. Some, yeah. Definitely some great songs. It, it's tough for me to listen to because I'm hearing stuff and I'm going, shit you know i would have done this you know (laughs) (laughs) of course yeah but you know (laughs) no there's there's a certain you know it's kind of interesting right because you guys you guys sort of cut from the same cloth like in terms of a scene in terms of a sound with the music you were doing before like it's not you know it was in the ballpark and then you you come in the band and you influence their sound right in kind of the prime of the career yeah and your sound carrying on was like that you know so it's kind of like you're always going to have this i'm not i'm not explaining this very well but i know there's always going to be a part of you in that band because your influence is there forever yes and 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 that's what um people often tell me like they don't sound the same anymore and i'm like well you can't you can't get the special ingredient (laughs) from the from the well that you know, like it's going to have all the atom parts that are awesome, like cool lyrics that are catchy. Like it's always going to have that. And, and I, I think his lyrics are still solid to this day. Oh yeah. Um, but like, you know, the, 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 the amp, the head, and then my Marshall JCM 800, the cabinet and the guitar that's on 90% of the guitar tracks on those records is in my basement, you know, it's, it's, it's not in their possession anymore, you know, like, <laughs> well, yeah. and then, and then on top of that, like, you know, a lot of those songs that I did with them, some of those riffs I had since I was in high school, you know, it was just like, oh, this is a cool chord that I always wanted to put in a song. Like, let's do that. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, like, so, you know, that, that, like you said, that's my, my fingerprint there that is that you can't really get out and and you'd have to find another dude who's eight years older than who grew up playing 
uh, glam metal shredding guitar <laughs> and then changed to Fugazi punk in ninth grade. And yeah, yep, that's, that's the story. That's the story. Uh, one of the songs that you, you know, one of the kind of highlight songs of the color Fred, uh, the full length and, you know, your, your career solo is, uh, the song, if I surrender. Yeah. And, uh, that was written almost as a taking back Sunday song, right? Like you showed it to the guys and it, it didn't make it. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, there were a few color Fred songs like that, you know, uh, that I let everybody hear. And most of, most of those songs they would decide were too poppy for the band. Um, which is why that record is so poppy. Um, because all of my other songs got take, got used by the band, but those ones were sort of the ones that were a little too, uh, happy or catchy or whatever. And, um, and so then, then I kind of like embrace that and, and turn the record. I kind of thought of like the lemon heads who are like a, Yep. pop rock you know singer songwriter and i and that, that's how the direction wound up being for that for that record if you listen to like don't give up on me the new song yep. it's more like the old taking back sunday stuff uh like something totally. like uh um like there's a song up against on louder now that i wrote all the music to it's like that sort of style where that's to me is like my breaking pangea side like it's a little more technical, you know. There's some guitar riffing on it. It's not just chords, right? So with with if I surrender, was that a song that you you had like completed, like you had the the uh, vocal melodies and lyrics and stuff too, or did that come after? I I had all the verses um, that I brought to Take Him Back Sunday. The, I'm going to choke when it really counts and that whole thing. Um, I had that, but I didn't have the chorus. Um, the chorus after it was rejected, I sort of wrote that chorus about my situation. Um, <laughs> and you know, it's basically like, cause I'm fighting this the whole way, but if I just give up, was it, will I feel better finally? Like maybe I should just give in on everything, you know, that's kind of what it's about. No, it's interesting. Um, cause in the, even, and I was listening to it today and I hadn't listened to the record in mm, probably a couple of years to be honest. Yeah. And, and, uh, no, and I, I just remember like how much I loved the, loved the album and, Thank but you, I man. never noticed how much, you know, you were on some of those tracks, you kind of are channeling a little bit of Adam in there. Yeah. And I think that oh, that's t- now, and now that I, you know, I've done my homework and I realized that some of those songs were written during that era, it almost makes sense that you would be writing a verse and being like, well, this is, Adam's going to sing this. So I'm going to totally. kind of be singing it like Adam would sing it. And it was kind of, totally. you know, interesting to listen back and hear hear that and go, I could definitely see this song being on, uh, you know, Louder Now. Absolutely. And I think it could have been a single. No, yeah. That's, um, I mean, that was kind of the reaction. So we were out on, uh, uh, we were out on the Lincoln Park tour, uh, which was the last tour I did. It was Project Revolution. It was... Uh, Lincoln Park, uh, My Chemical Romance, and Taking Back Sunday. Wow, what a lineup! And yeah, yeah, and uh, it was it was great. Um, that was the last tour that I did. I, I left the band uh, at the end of that tour. I let them know that like when it ended, I would be done. 
and I played the rest of the shows with them knowing that I was out of the band, but no one else knowing. Um, yeah. and, um, uh, but I was, uh, early on in the, like right before that tour is when I recorded that album. And, uh, when we first got on that tour, I let Adam hear, uh, the song get out the first song on the record. And he was, he was kind of, I guess upset. Cause he was like, this one of our songs and i was like yeah i'd let you guys hear all these and you know you didn't you know <laughs> you couldn't picture them you know and right but you know so but that was the thing like i was writing i mean there are plenty of taking back sunday songs like you know that that i wrote a lot of the words on and and but you know i mean adam was definitely the main lyric guy um but like we would kind of usually he would have these books of lyrics. It was a really fun thing. Actually, we would write the music and then we would get together and we'd have the music, um, demoed already. And he would just go through book, you know, all these notebooks. He would somehow know like, Oh, this notebook has some, hold on. Right. He'd find right. this one lyric. I'd be like, how do you know that's in right. there? It's and like then, the, it's like the, know, the lawyer, I remember one time I went to this law office for, for some reason and this lawyer had like, his desk was just like, not to the ceiling with papers, but pretty close. Just stacks of files and papers and I'm like, this guy's just like, what a scatterbrain. And then he said something and he's like, oh, yep, let me just, and then he just grabbed some like random file out of a huge pile. It's like, how do you know? How does your brain know that, you know, that that's there? Yeah. A lot of people no. function like that. It's, you know. Yeah, totally. Yes, because I could be like, all right, now in this song, like, she's really mad at me because of this. And he'd be like, oh, I got something for that. Hold on. and Pull it out. How about this lyric? And I'm like, no, that actually works. That's crazy. <laughs> cool. So well, then, you know, we we put it together. We put the lyrics on together, basically. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely – I mean, I still think that way with – with my writing now, I, I still, you know, that's my style that people, you know, know me for. So I, I, I just, and I've been, like I told you, I've, I've been playing that style since high school. So it's sort of, um, that same vein of like, you know, I'm, I, I don't know. That's, I don't know what, how else to write really. I, I mean, I <laughs> yeah, try to your, progress. It's you, man. It's your style. I, I totally, I mean, I think that there's definitely a progression if you listen to, you know, Terrible Things, the the record and, you know, EPs that you did yeah. with that band. You can hear, absolutely hear that it's you, but you can absolutely hear, you know, big pro uh, progression as well, for sure. Yeah, that, cool. Yeah, that, that was, the, yeah, thanks, man. That's, that, there's always going to be that thread of, because all the songs are, they start out with me sitting on my bed <laughs> with my guitar unplugged. And that, that's how every song starts for me. It's just sitting there and come, you know how it is. You come across that bud of something. You're like, oh, this is it. I just hold on. I don't have it yet, but it's, this is the one that's I need. That's right. Absolutely. And then, and then it slowly comes together. Absolutely. Well, you're such a creative guy, um, you know, and that seems like such an important part of music to you is the creative aspect when you're filling in for bands, like you mentioned, Say Anything and the Lemonheads, yeah. what is that? Do you enjoy that the same way, it, learning other people's songs and playing them? Um, is it 
Is it just kind of like, is it just another gig to make ends meet? Like, I mean, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, like, so say anything. Like, I wouldn't do it at this point if I didn't, um, if I wasn't a fan. And I was like legitimately a huge fan of Say Anything's uh, first record. Oh, yeah, it's so good. And, and, yeah. And I also like their self title with the yeah, uh, you too. can do better on it like that. That's a, su- such good stuff. Mara and me, that song's like a yeah. crazy, a crazy song, but so good. Yeah, t- totally. Yeah. So I was like, like Max called me to do that tour, like out of the blue. And uh, to be honest, like it was almost like, is this another prank call? Like what? Like is this definitely Max? You know? And uh, <laughs> but um, but I. Uh, I did that tour because I, I was like, okay, I'm a big fan of this. So, so this is, this is great. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, when you're not really a part of the band, um, like I, you know, I feel like if, if those guys had said, we want you to be in the band, I could, I could fully embrace it. But when you're sort of a hired gun, that's, well, we need you for the, these tours, um, and then we go back into the studio without you and et cetera. Like yep. it definitely is not the same for me. Like at that point, like, you know, I'll do stuff to sort of keep myself out there. Or like, if I'm a, like I said, if I'm a big fan of it, I'll still do it. But that's not what I want to do long term is even if it is a band I love, I'm probably not going to do it for 10 years because it, it's not the same if you didn't write the music. Do you still enjoy uh, getting in the bus, getting in the van, traveling, doing that part of it? Or is, I, are you, I over do. It? Oh, you do. Uh, no, I love, I, I miss it to be honest. Um, Cause um, um, I, I've had like various day jobs the last couple years and, and sort of like working my way out of that right now. To be honest, I I own a vegan restaurant in my town. Um, awesome. That, What's it called? Um, Give it a plug. Um, it's called Love Again Local, and uh, we're in a little college town in PA called Westchester, PA. And um, it's it's like a vegan deli, basically. So it's like deli sandwiches. You can get an Italian hoagie. You can get a uh, Cuban sandwich or a Reuben. And, um, and it's all – yeah, and we, we make a lot of the meats and cheeses in-house – so and it's it's uh, and it's really involved, but like uh, to be honest with yeah. you, I'm not the brains behind it. It's all my wife, but um, uh, she that's her passion because um, we've been vegan for since we met like 23 years ago. So um, we we've been we've been kind of cooking that way for a long time. So now we're just kind of opening it up to the world, and it's it's been going really awesome. So so I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've been doing that and, and, uh, because of that, I'm trying to get out of like some of the other day gigs I've been doing, like working for the sound company and stuff like that stuff that's sort of still related, but not nearly as fun. <laughs> um, right. yeah. so, so, but yeah, no, I, I, and I'm like a big van tour guy. Um, I, I'll like, it's not that I mind the bus, but I, I love just driving across, you know, the Midwest and seeing everything and visiting the old places that I remember. 
you know, I got a place I like to eat in every town. I don't know about you, but <laughs> totally, dude, totally. I've got <laughs> I've got my vegan list of my list of vegan spots too. You know, yeah, uh, awesome. and now it's it's getting actually getting harder because. I can only, you know, you can only really have one meal. And now there's so many good places. It's like multiple places and there's a new place. And like, what if I want to try the new place? What do I do? Totally. Yeah, no. And you don't want to let down the old place and have, you know, exactly. then they close down and you can never eat that cool, weird thing again. <laughs> I know. Like, like it used to be Red Bamboo in New York City. And it's like, totally. I still love Red Bamboo, but I, I'm not going there now. There's yeah, like, there's, you know, there's so many amazing things I need to try. Yeah, not if you have one day in the town, you know. It's yeah, it's uh, it's tough. Like that's exactly right. Um, <laughs> red bamboos used to be my, that's my jam right there. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. But I, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the world has come a long way with that stuff. But, <laughs> but like you know, even like different uh, burrito chains, like fast food crap. Like I'm just like cool like you know oh shit taco john's in in uh wyoming you know like dude for me it's taco cabana in texas i love taco cabana those black bean those black bean tacos are to die for exactly no exactly yep that that's what i mean like and when you're on a bus tour it's so much harder to to get all that so i kind of like the old van like we're all traveling as a family in the old station wagon and you know or you know uh just kind of rolling down the road, listening to tunes together Absolutely. the whole time. Yep. Like finding out about new bands and, or totally. listen, you know, no. It also so like, that, uh, it also makes it feel more real when you're in a van because yeah. like, let's say you drive like seven hours all day to the show and like, you're finally there. Like <laughs> you've taken a journey to be there to play for those people of whatever city that have paid money. Oh, absolutely. And it's like, there's a whole thing there. It's not like, Oh, I woke up. Oh, what city am I in today? Okay. I don't know. Like I'll roll out of my bunk at noon and like, I guess I'll <laughs> check. You know, it's, it's like a different, uh, no, you get level on stage focus, like, a, you know? Yeah. No, you get on stage like a freaking Viking. And you're like, yeah. you're like, let's do this, guys. Like that flat tire was like not going to hold us back. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> I know, absolutely. That's, that's, <laughs> that's so true, man. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, so, so I, yeah. I hope to do more more touring in you know in 2020 of, of some kind, and I've uh, been happy with the little bit I've been doing this year. No, it's great, and I mean, I guess you said yeah early you said early 2020 hopefully yeah a new color fred ep will be out and you and yeah i hope i hope people can see you playing shows you know with hopefully some songs from all your projects yeah and, and i've got a really uh, sweet band right now um they're basically like one of my friends who's a really good bass player and and singer um got like two his two favorite guys that he's ever played with to play with me and, and like, like one of the best drummers I've ever played with ever. And all these dudes sing. So we're doing all this, like all the new stuff has like a lot of vocals on it. Sort of like the TBS stuff, like a lot of back and forth. So, so everybody in the band, you know, I got a guitar player that can sing and bass player that can sing. And so we're doing a lot of harmonies and a lot of back and forth. And it it makes it a really fun show. Um, a, best thing i've had in a while i feel because it we like we're just having fun that's all it all 
Like that's our only goal. Is, <laughs> sure. So we, like we practice every almost every week, and we just hang out and. I don't know. It's just, it's the best it's ever been vibe wise for me. Wonderful, dude. Thank so, you. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Dude, thanks for this so much. Um, I got a fan question real quick. If you got time for it. Hell yeah. And I think, what you're, is gonna, it? I think you're gonna like this fan question. This, uh, <laughs> cool. this is from Zach Weissenberger. <clears throat> guitar okay. question for Fred. He's my favorite <laughs> guitarist. Is he a gear guy? Or does he think gear isn't important? I feel like Fred's tone is always amazing. You can identify a Fred part in a song as soon as it starts. I guess my question is, when he records a guitar part in a song, does he worry about pickups, amp, pedal, etc.? Or if the song is good and it's well played, does the gear not matter? So, <clears throat> We know so you've I, got the JCM 800 in the basement. So we know, exactly. you know, we know that there's some importance there. <laughs> right. So, yeah, no, I, I, um, for, for my main rig of my SG, the Lily guitar, I call it, um, the red SG that, that, um, I sur I sought out that, that sound of that guitar. At one time I owned five SGs and I only own two now because that's <laughs> the one it beat all, it beats all the other ones out. Yep. And it just, but it doesn't like, you might have a guitar that sounds better than this, but this one sounds like me. So that's why I stick with it. And, um, what kind of SG is it? It's just a special, um, it's a, it was a limited edition, I think just because of the color, but, um, but it's a, uh, you know, like that's the thing, like the standard actually is a bit more money. But yep. the special sounds like exactly what I like because I, I like the the muted chords to be tight, and I like, um, and, and whereas a, a standard will sound bigger, more like ACDC. But I'm not doing a lot of like that. I'm kind of a little bit more intricate, so that it helps me stay in there. So it's a little more focused sound of the mid range. Yep. But but um, I, I would say. I am a gear guy in the studio because I have about five or six guitars that I switch out on recordings based on what's needed. So each one plays a role. Like my gold top Les Paul is going to play all the big meaty chords in the choruses, like the, the big, you know, it's got a lot of sustain. So it'd be yeah. that the, uh, I've got a, um, P90 pickup guitar, to Les Paul Jr. and I'll I'll use that for like a lead part on a chorus, um, and it kind of sits in tight there. And a lot all this stuff I learned from Eric Valentine, who produced Louder Now, yeah, and Lou, Lou Giordano who produced Where You Want to Be, and he also produced Ben to Break, uh, same guy. And and um, these guys, you know, they let me know like. Uh, at the time we were making those records, it took a lot out of me. I was spending the majority of the time in the studio compared to anyone else. <laughs> um, but they were letting, anytime I got frustrated, they're like, dude, like you're getting a college education right now from us. Like you're, you're going <laughs> right. to be able to do this someday. So, so that helped. <laughs> totally. Totally. Cool. Well, thanks. Uh, thank you, Zach, for the question. And thank you to Fred for answering it. And yeah, dude, thanks, yeah, Zach. dude, thank you, man, so much for uh, for taking the time and being again so forthcoming and forthright. And I hope there can be more episodes of In the Shed with Fred coming. 
There are. Don't worry. They'll, uh, we're, we're, we're taping them every chance we get. Um, so, uh, and we're going to be turning it into a podcast as well. Just take, strip the audio from it in case people want to listen in their car or whatever. Yeah. Um, I know you're coming to Philly, um, on your next tour. So, yep. uh, I'll definitely want to come hang out. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love, uh, love to see you catch up. I mean, uh, Ooh, what's, what's the Philly place? It used to be uh kingdom of vegetarians. That was oh, one. Yeah. That, uh, um, or harmony. Yeah. So harmony, I think just closed. Oh, okay. So now there's like, well, we got like blackbird pizza, which is yeah. like the vegan cheesesteaks and stuff. I think it gave me food poisoning once, so I haven't been back Uh-oh. there in years. It probably was <laughs> something else, but you never know. When you, when it's that you're throwing up, you just think it's that. So, yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cool, pl- there's tr- like, there's a lot of little taverns that have great, great Italian, like Philly Italian food that's vegan. Yeah. Um, but, um, we got hip city veg, which is more like a, oh, yeah. a yeah. chain. Yeah. You know, it's not, not much of it. You know, there's like four places, four locations. Um, there's uh, that, uh, there's that Mexican place, uh, too, that has like a bunch of yeah. vegan options. I like El that. Segundo, yeah, El Segundo. Probably. That place is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, any place you want to go, I'll take you there, man. Just oh, give me a call. Let's, let's do it. I'm trying to remember. There was this place in Philly. God, I'm 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 dating myself, but it was got to be like ten years ago, and it was only there for a short period of time, and it was like vegan fine dining. Oh uh, well, one of them is still there. Um, well, the biggest one in around is Veg. Yeah, no, no, not that it's, one. That okay, place is great a, too. There's uh, a new place called Charlie is a Sinner that's sort of fine dining. Hmm, okay. Um, and there's V Street, and there's so many. Um. But the one, uh, maybe I do know what you're talking about. I can't, I can't remember oh, it. It's going to bother me. It was like, it was like short lived. Like it was only there for like maybe a couple years and it was so was it like cherry street or something. It, it was definitely in that area. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I, I can't, oh, it's going to bother me. Maybe someone knows <laughs> if you know, email me. Uh, yeah, yeah, let no, us know. It, was, it was great. Well, Fred, uh, yeah, let's do that. And, um, I guess I'll play your new tune. All right. Thanks, Shane. Great, so, great chatting with you, man. Great chatting with you, man. All the best and can't wait to hear more stuff. For now, here is Don't Give Up On Me on Lead Singer Syndrome.
So there is new music from Fred's project, The Color Fred. Great song. I love it, man. What a talent. And what a forthcoming person. Just such a nice guy. And uh, we figured out the name of that vegan restaurant that used to exist in Philadelphia. It was called Horizons, and it was awesome. But man, we're not hurting for vegan restaurants these days, man. Almost no matter where you live, if it's even slightly a major city, you probably have some awesome options. And if you don't, you probably got a Burger King. You probably got the Impossible Burger. What a what a time to be alive if you're a vegetarian, like I have been for almost 20 years. This is absolutely blows my mind. Anyway, we will be back next week with a great episode. In fact, I think the next like five are all bangers. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you know, you're listening to this thing. You're checking it out. You're right there on Wednesday morning, like hitting the refresh button. I know people do this. You sick people. No, people love this podcast and I love doing it for you. So thank you very much for listening. It really does mean a lot. I'm going to leave you with a final tune. We talked about it quite a bit on this episode. And also, it's a great music video too, actually. If you want to go on YouTube and check it out, it's a bit of a Groundhog Day vibe. Here it is. If I Surrender by The Color Fred on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. We will see you next week.
really counts I'm gonna get kicked when I'm down I'll give you so much satisfaction When I surrender I surrender to you